What's up, pals? Welcome to S&P 50. That's right, the big 5-0. This episode, we talk about my adventures with Persona 3 Portable and Saturday Morning RPG. Andy talks about Legends of Tomorrow. And Stan has a super special surprise topic for us. And remember, this past Friday, we launched our sister anime podcast, Anime is Weird, where we review Marvel Disc Wars The Avengers. So if you love anime, go on over and check it out. It's on the same feed as Super Nerd Pal, so it's really easy to find. And remember, we publish new episodes every first Friday of the month. So the next episode will be Friday, March 4th, where we review Codebreaker. Thanks so much, pals, and enjoy episode 50. Pals, this is episode 50 of Super Nerd Pals. Woo! No? Hey yo, 50. I'm your host today, Anna Carasquillo. <laughs> Come on, guys. A little pop and circumstance for episode 50. What do we Chris? I want to put I want you to put in some sound effects right here, some party noise. Hell yeah. Some, episode 50. Some fireworks. Some victory fanfare music. Don't blow your computer you up now. My computer's blowing up right now. Like, uh, <laughs> this guy's so laggy. I was trying to, so I was trying to right do the, the Final Fantasy victory fanfare, but I forgot. Are you giving me chips? Chips for not knowing the chips. I knew it, but I just forgot it, man. Just give me a break. Give me a break. Give me a break. Some of pals. Every week to your house, this garbage truck. What? Are you alright? I don't even know like that. I don't know. Stan is like killing me this week. Anyway, I'm your host today, Andy Carasquillo. With me as always, Stan Gadarski. Hello. And Chris Samson. Hello, governor. <laughs> Chris is lagged. Was that a lag, Chris, or what? Oh, uh, yeah, I'm lagging really badly right now. Is your computer lagging, or are you personally lagging? No, it's my computer. It's like, oh, okay. yeah. Well then. Man, guys, 50 years. It's been a long ride. <laughs> 50 you weeks. Know, the time passed by so quickly, guys. Man. Good times. Just just, just last year we were starting off. I feel like we had this conversation just already. Just being wistful right now. Anyway. We got some news flash this week. <laughs> we got anything? Uh, <laughs> this is such an unorganized episode. <laughs> the episodes that we still ain't got <laughs> together. They're going to be listening to this like, what will they get their shit together? Never. It's not having it. Maybe a little bit. Anyway, uh, this week for news flash, I got, I got some Amiibo news. If anyone looking forward to Pokemon Tournament Fighter. Pokken Tournament Fighter is going to be compatible with every single amiibo, including cards, figures, and the Yarn Yoshis. And it comes with the Shadow Mewtwo card. Which... Unlocks Shadow Mewtwo. But it's not the only way. It just unlocks him early. Yeah. Why else would you use it? Well, I think it's kind of stupid that, that they give you Shadow Mewtwo right Why off not? the start. That's like starting off fucking Super Smash Bros. The original with Ness. Okay. But we already know that Shadow Mewtwo is going to be in there, so it's not like he's a surprise. Ness was a surprise. I did not see that coming. I didn't even know who that guy was. Like, did who I. that? Who this little boy with, with the bat? PK Freeze! Who's, who's this bat boy? PK Fire! Who knew he'd become one of my favorite video game characters? And now Mother and Earthbound is like your favorite video game stand, so that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's that's, another, that's for Newsflash. Uh, Mother 3 localization. That was announced, right? No, oh, rumored. No, rumored. Oh, it was a rumor. Okay, never mind. Don't get my hopes Jump up, Jump the Chris. gun. Don't get it, my hopes up. It should up. be confirmed. Watch it be confirmed. That this this year goes live. is the 10th anniversary of Mother 3. And Lucas... Just recently came out as DLC for Smash Brothers. 
And Lucas just got an, an amiibo. I hear a lot of M. Lucas. Yeah. So do you so, think it's going to happen? Do you have high hopes for it? Well, they last year they released Earthbound Beginnings, the NES Earthbound that never made it, like Mother 1, right? That came out last year on E3, right? And so far we haven't heard anything about Mother 3 from Nintendo, but I wouldn't be surprised if around E3 this year they announced it for the Wii U Virtual Console like they announced Earthbound Beginnings last year. So like they have they have the beginnings which no people probably thought Earthbound Beginnings was less of a chance than even Mother, Mother Three, Three because that was kind of on nobody's radar. But, uh, I feel like they um just because like Earthbound originally bombed when it was first brought to America, like now they underestimate the fan base because the fan base for Mother and like and Earthbound now I think it's pretty fucking huge yeah because i didn't even know what earthbound was until smash brothers so i think same smash brothers absolutely has like open horizons yeah it really gave a strong i'm sure there was a lot of fans before smash brothers a lot of people who were into earthbound but i feel like it really reached a lot more people because of smash Brothers. of course i feel like if if smash bros didn't introduce nasa lucas like nobody i still wouldn't know who they were i wouldn't know anything honestly same thing with fire emblem honestly it would have still been this underground movement where, or, or like a hipster thing. We're like, oh, have you heard of Mother? Have you read Earthbound? But now, thanks to Smash, you know, it's, I mean, I, I was in the same boat. I never knew about Earthbound or Mother, or, and like, and I was the same reaction as you said. Like, who's who the heck is this kid with his baseball bat and like shooting lightning and stuff? That's this is so awesome. So, so thanks Nintendo. So give us Mother Three. Smash Brothers, I feel like, honestly, was the main reason why I know about F-Zero, I know about Earthbound, and I know about um, Fire Emblem. Just because of uh, Smash Brothers 64 and Melee. Like, that was my first introduction to Marth and Roy and Captain Falcon and Ness and even Lucas. And, like, King Dedede and Ice Climbers and Little Mac. Like, I... I mean, I, I, I played Punch-Out back on, in the man. day, but, like, I don't remember... I didn't remember he, he actually had a name or, like, a, like a backstory. Damn. No, that's F-Zero. <laughs> that's the F-Zero theme. What am I doing? <laughs> I love F-Zero. Punch-Out's like... Yo, Punch-Out is, like, the hardest fucking game in my life. Man, I was all about Punch-Out on the Super I Nintendo. I suck like, at Super Punch-Out. So bad at it, but man, I got really good. I have good memories about Punch Out and Super Punch Out. I, man, I'd love to go back in time when Earthbound wasn't selling and you could just find it <laughs> and just seriously just buy it. Because now, you, forget about it. Do you know that it was like apparently uh, there's no such thing as a factory sealed Earthbound in America? Really? No Earthbound was ever factory sealed. They came and in those really? boxes, right? Those it came huge... in the box, but it wasn't shrink wrapped. Those big oversized boxes. Yeah. And then, um, why didn't they shrink wrap it? It it sold so bad that like, like the sales on that game were ridiculous. That they would like sell them for extremely cheap prices back then. God, if only I had a time machine. And now it's like. A shit ton of money. Going back to the first piece of news, what do you think like the random non-Pokemon amiibo and stuff are going to unlock? I'm thinking it's going to be an assist trophy type system, like uh, Smash Bros. I think it might be cosmetic items. Like skins and that would be hats cool. and... Well, not necessarily skin, but... Yeah, like you put Mario on the on the base or whatever the hell, and then it locks like a Mario hat or something. That'd be cool. I, I think it would be so cool if... Uh... The yarn Yoshis turn your character into like a yarn character. Like a yarn skin, that'd be yeah. awesome. I would love like like a Wario overalls for like Charizard <laughs> or something. <laughs> now I want like a Waluigi amiibo. Or like or like a oh my god, that came out of nowhere, but I would so want that shit. <laughs> no, but I'm saying like have the, the fucking the Wa brothers, man. Like, like a Kirby skin for for uh for Jigglypuff. It would just be no no curl. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Literally no uh no no change there. You think they'll have amiibo for pocket tournament? Like special pocket tournament amiibo? I think they would. I they would that would be stupid if they not if it didn't do that. 
Well, it's hard to say because Nintendo's trying to make a movement away from Amiibo figures. Are they really? Yeah, they only said uh, Amiibo figures were going to be a limited time thing. And they're going to switch over. And to then cards they're going to switch over to cards, cards which is, dumb, is why, man. which is why Mewtwo is not getting an Amiibo; it's getting a card. Mewtwo has Shadow Amiibo. You mean? Yeah, the Shadow. God, I was just going to say, like, how awesome would it be if there was a Shadow Mewtwo Amiibo? Well, yeah, the the Amiibo is the card. The only like guaranteed full out fleshed uh, amiibo figures I know for sure is the entire Smash roster, and that was like that's all amiibos were supposed to be. But I guess Nintendo didn't expect it to take off as well as it did. So is there gonna be a Bayonetta amiibo? Yeah, yeah, Bayonetta's getting an amiibo. Uh, and a Bayonetta Cloud amiibo. And both were confirmed amiibos, and I a Cloud am, amiibo. <laughs> yeah. I don't even like that guy, and I and my eyes opened up. <laughs> and I'm almost positive, like this is no confirmation. This is just my speculations alone. I think Cloud, uh, Corrin, and Bayonetta are the last two Smash character DLCs. Yeah, I think that's. Didn't they say something like that? They they did announce that. I'm which sure they're done. I'm pretty sure they announced it too, which which upsets me because there's so many more characters that would be so awesome in the game. But I think because. Uh, there's also rumors that the NX is supposed to reveal at E3 this year. So I think they're already preparing for the next Smash Bros. game on the NX. Or they can release like a Game of the Year version of Smash Bros. with all the DLC on it for NX. And maybe add DLC characters to that. Maybe. Mm. So like Super... Super... Ultra Smash, Smash Brothers. Bros. Super Smash Bros. Arcade Edition. Or Super Smash Bros. Turbo Championship Edition. <laughs> and this is the fourth one. This is Smash 4. Yeah. So they can go with the whole Super Street Fighter thing if they want to make fun of it. Yeah, why not? Championship edition. Let's go. Do it, Nintendo. They should. And they have Ryu already. So you're halfway there. Yeah, there's true. all the reason for it. It's true. Oh, um, I want to bring this up. But two weeks ago, I predicted that either Triple H or Brock, Brock Lesnar would win the Royal Rumble. Triple H won the Royal Rumble. Called it. I was listening back to that episode after the Royal Rumble, and I was like, oh, shit. I made that prediction. Good job, Stan. Yeah, high Triple five. H. Yeah, yeah, Royal Rumble high five. Winner, champion. He won the championship. There's a supposed to be a new pay-per-view fast lane this month, I think, and it's supposed to be Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns versus Dean Ambrose, I think. Whoever wins that's going to face Triple H at Rumble. I'm sorry, WrestleMania. But right now, Triple H is the champion. Again, 14th. 14th time. You know who I want to be champion? Stephen Amell. I want Undertaker. One last time. One last ride. Let's go. I'm with you, Stan. Undertaker all the way. What if Rakishi makes a comeback? No. <laughs> Rakishi no. was the best wrestler ever. Oh, wait. I remember like a wrestling match with... Rik- Isn't he like a sumo wrestler guy? Rikishi? Yeah. Like There was this one match where like... Where like Rikishi and Undertaker were fighting, and in this match, like one of them had to put the other in a in a coffin, and I remember Rikishi put Undertaker in the coffin, but then Undertaker's hands like sprung out and broke through the coffin door, and like started choking Rikishi, and then he put Rikishi in the coffin. That was so dope. Jesus Christ, that sounds intense. I just remember Rikishi putting his ass in people's faces. So the Anawai family is where Rikishi's from, and other family members are Yokozuna, Roman Reigns, the Usos, um, and then I guess Rocky Johnson's part of it, and The Rock is like cousins with Roman Reigns, which makes him related to Rikishi. It's just, it's a big Samoan family, so it's a lot. Anyway, is that Newsflash for the week? Yeah, that's Newsflash. Oh, wait, um, UT turns 20. Can we fucking, uh... oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, that's yours. Shit, lots of Pokemon Nintendo news this week, man. Yeah, listen, dude. February sixth, right? If you play Pokemon Red, Blue, Yellow, yeah. maybe Green, even. Oh no, you need to know Japanese for Green. All yeah. right, so like, isn't it? Is it Cinnabar Island? Where Cinnabar you, Island. Yeah, you find the diary that chronicles the birth of Mewtwo. Apparently, February sixth was when Mew gave birth to Mewtwo. Um, that makes February sixth. His birthday? His birthday just passed. Happy birthday, Mewtwo. I like how they say it in the game. On on February 6th, Mew gave birth. Technically, 
Mew didn't give birth. He's a clone. Mew Mew got like skin ripped off of him and like a breathing clone was created. Yeah, it might be like a little mistranslation there, but Mewtwo was definitely created on February 6th. That makes February 6th his birthday. And if Pokemon is... I said it like it's the 90s. Pokemon. Pokemon. If Pokemon is 20 this year, and that diary in the game dates back to before Pokemon Red, the events of, of that generation... That makes Mewtwo at least 21 years old. Mewtwo's drinking age. At least. Take a shot from Mewtwo, everybody. Taking a sip of beer from Mewtwo. <laughs> Happy birthday, Mewtwo. Happy birthday, Mewtwo. Yeah, this libations to him. Mewtwo's the shit. He is. Which I... Mewtwo, though? Is it is it the real Mewtwo, or is it the, the other Mewtwo from that other movie? Not that Mewtwo. Earth 2 Mewtwo? The real Mewtwo. Armor, armor Mewtwo? Yeah, Armor Mewtwo. He's the shit, because he wanted to, like, murder people and shit. Which one is Shadow Mewtwo? Oh, is that a third Mewtwo? I don't fucking know. Is that Mewtwo? Mew six? Mew three? Mew four? Mew seven? How many Mews we up to right now? Chris, you've been count- keeping track. How many Mews? At least got? four. At least four. <laughs> How come he's not Mew one? Are you just Mew? I mean, and why isn't it Mewtwo Mew the second? Mew Junior. Mew Junior. Mew Junior. Except for he's bigger, but. Anyway, that's it for News Flash. <laughs> Big Daddy Mew Jr. Big Little Mew Second. Hey, Chris. Chris, repeat after me. Repeat after me. Three. Three. Two. Two. two one. One. Let's jam. <laughs> by the way did you guys see that uh, crazy (laughs) video um there was this ice skater who was dressed up as spike spiegel and he was doing a a routine to tank i did not see oh dude i I saw um i I posted on facebook um i'll send it again but it is dope like it's like the greatest ice skating routine i've ever seen in my life ever i also have never watched cowboy bebop I've been silenced for 30 seconds. You told me you've never seen Cowboy Bebop? Never. You've never seen a single episode of Cowboy Bebop? Never. How could you have grown up in the the Toonami generation and not seen a single episode of Cowboy Bebop? Because when I was younger, it didn't grab my attention, so I'd never Stan, I think we need to do some scheduling changes to Anime is Weird. We need to watch Cowboy Bebop right now. You know I have the entire series on Blu-ray, right? Do you? Yeah, I have, the, I have the entire series of Cowboy Bebop on Blu-ray. It's one of my favorite animes. There's, uh, I've also never seen Ghost in the Shell. Wait, the original yes, movie? I've seen a couple. Any of them? Okay, a little bit okay. You Ghost should see. Should at least see the original one. Ghost in the Shell, but Cowboy Bebop. You, you should really be watching that. You should be watching Funimation. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Episode 50. Episode, Episode 50. 50. Episode 50. Uh, I can go first. Go for it, Chris. Cool. So, in the in the, in the the last few episodes, I announced... Oh, actually, it was... No, it was the last episode. What I'm talking about. Last episode, I announced that I got my Vita, and I'm loving the hell out of it. So, Woo. again, I'm, like, really, really behind on JRPGs. So, I've been spending... Um, a lot of time playing Persona 3 Portable, and that game's the bomb. It is. Backtracking, like, the first game I've played in the whole Atlas Persona Shimigami universe is, um, Shimigami Tensei Nocturne, um, and I was really obsessed with that game. Featuring Dante's Devil May Cry. Devil May Cry is Dante. I said that backwards. <laughs> Dante. It's all right. Dante's in that one. All right, you can re- you can recruit him as a buddy, which is so dope. Like it's a, so cool, and you can de-smash Dante. That's awesome. And I I I don't think that game is for is that game for Vita. No, I wish. Oh man, it's for the P- it's for PS2, and then you can get it um PS3 classics. Okay, PS3. I might have to pick it up again because I you, love that game so much. You can't get it classics on the Vita. No, you, what sucks. what what Sony should do is bring that to the PS4 with trophies. Hell yes. Yes. Please do. Anyway, so I was really obsessed with Nocturne, and I loved the character design of the main character. And um, I would 
I went through this phase where all I did in my sketchbooks was draw variations of him. Oh, I don't have the original sketches anymore, but he would, he just populated my entire notebook, which, which was awesome. Anyway, so I don't know why or when it just kind of fell off the map or I, I don't know, but I, I first encountered Persona 3 when in, in college, I think it was like sophomore or junior year, one of those years. Um, my guy, you know, friend of uh, Stan and I, because uh, he used to work uh, in Twiffinit like we did. Me and Mike went to the same college and I would hang out with him sometimes and he played the hell out of the game. I guess I didn't really understand what was going on, but it looked pretty cool. But I, I, then it just kind of slipped off of my radar. And then the next thing I knew, Mike cosplayed as the male character um for Otacon, i think it was like 2000 oh, man maybe 2010 i don't know he, he cosplayed for a con basically and it was really cool um so fast track to last week i picked up persona 3 portable because it was on sale on the ps store it was like 25 percent off and i've been playing the hell out of it and it is so good. I've I've wasted so much time, guys, just like not playing Persona, and my <laughs> eyes are open. Like, ugh, jeez. So highly recommend, man. Persona Three Portable, especially. I because I I played a bunch of it on the PS2 when when it came out. Um, not the original release, but Fess. So I I played a bunch of that, and then um, I kind of fell off. I didn't wasn't into it, but then. Um, Persona 4 came out, started playing that, got like 10, 15 hours into Persona 4, and, I, and then just never got around to finishing it. Then, fast forward to the Vita release and hearing that Persona 4 was getting a, a golden, like the the like special version of it was coming the Vita. And then Persona 3 Portable being on the Vita. So I picked that up first to prepare myself to playing through Persona 4 Golden when that came out. And I, I do miss running around as a person in town, like because in Persona Three you can just kind of run around all the different dorm the dormitories and the the high school and some of the areas in between. And, and in this version, it's kind of like you have a static map and you're kind of controlling a, like a reticle almost over like pictures of the characters and you're interacting with them and stuff. And so I, I miss that, but I think everything else the the dungeon crawling is more or less the same as it was in Persona Three, and the cutscenes and everything are basically the same and what about battles itself battles are just like it was <sighs> actually the battles are better in personal 3 portable because you can control each character individually in the original release and fess you can only control your character and the other you have the two party just members stuff. they were yeah they were ai controlled and you can make like you can tweak what they were so kind of like donald do. and goofy but more yeah more or less you would go in the menus you would assign whatever to them and they would act independently but in 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 portable you can control all of them independently but graphically dungeon crawling and battling is the same as ps2 it's just the actual navigation when you're not in battle that's like static yeah i i wasn't expecting i wasn't expecting like because back in the day um when i was watching mike play it that that you could control your character third person running through the mall or the dormitories or whatever so when i first loaded up p3 portable i was i was like wait i wasn't i'm not hallucinating i I thought you could travel through these other areas but i mean i again i can understand because it's it's a it's a different port it's a vita so you know but it it didn't it it didn't port so oh that's true that's right uh so it didn't bother me and um I mean, again, like I get, I, I having never played like the original game, I don't really have much comparison or much to grab about. But anyway, I I love the gameplay. I love it, and I love how it's like a perfect blend of like visual novel things because I really wanted to get into more visual novel stuff. And then I love the dungeon crawling. It reminds me of my other much beloved and favorite. JRPG, which is a uh, dot hack. I love that game. So it re- God, dot hack is that's a game that has to be reported because the original games they've never been reported and they go they go for the hundreds. That's like four games, yeah. right? The, the original dot hack. Yeah, they should put that shit on one Blu-ray disc and bring that shit to PS. Yeah, with trophies and Vita and 
Do it. That would take Please. It's so good. Game. It would take forever because each game is part of a bigger story, but each game itself is like a gigantic RPG that's like millions of hours to get through. That's crazy. And there's four parts of it. So you play like, I don't know, like the first game was like 30, 40 hours at, at least. least just me just me playing through the main story whatever not doing anything extra and that was only the beginning of the game that was like you beat the game but there's three more parts coming out you just finished the first arc of the main story yeah that game is huge anyway, yeah that game that game was intense and so immersive hard, but... but so good that's that's sort our online's daddy i feel like i would uh i would drop everything for that that game was really good. It, it sold you not not to get too far off track, but it really sells you on the idea that you're connected to a, like a an MMO, even though you're not. Because you start the game and it's like a desktop, and you get emails from the other NPCs and stuff, <laughs> and then you log into the game. That's really cool. It's yeah, like it's a it's a, anyway. a it's an RPG that fakes being an MMO RPG, but it still doesn't it really convincingly that you believe that it's like a real MMO. Yes, there's like a drama that's happening in the real world that connects to the in-game world. So it's like you're kind of like a person playing an avatar in an MMO, but there's like this it's it's causing people who are playing the game to go into comas, which is like basically where Sword Art Online gets its stuff from, but yeah, it's it's really great. Anyway, Chris, Persona 3 Portable. <laughs> yes, Persona 3 Portable. So, um it has that perfect blend of visual novel elements, dungeon crawling, which I really love. I love grinding. Um, and it's just nobody loves grinding. Stop lying. It's fun. I like, dude. Actually, in Persona, pers- the Persona games, I really like just combing the dungeons and like finding the chests and shit. Like, it makes it fun because you can sneak up on the shadows and hit them from behind and like get an initiative in battle, stuff like that. Indeed, it's great. It's a good time, and Chris, I, are you love, as, I love. I love now. I'm sorry. Are you playing as the male protagonist? Right now, uh, I'm I'm doing the male protagonist. Uh, I'm playing on easy mode because I've never played a Persona game. I mean, I don't know. I It's also been a really, really long time since I played Shin Megami Tensei, so I don't know how different the gameplay is uh, at the moment. But so I, I just just on my first run, I'm doing an easy mode with the male protagonist. Um, Stan, you mentioned to me um, that there's also a female protagonist, and that comes with a whole bunch of new dialogue options and story options. So once I finish the, the yeah. first run, I'm going to do like a normal or hard run with the female character. The, um, the main, the main storyline is largely the same, but all your social links are different when you play female. So all, all the characters that you like the male characters, you couldn't romance as a, as a male, you can romance as a female. And so you, the social links that you would romance as a female become like your best friend, social links. So it flips it, but it's it's cool. So you can like, you can um, damn. I need to hold on. That's fine. So yeah, like when you're you're playing as male character, they kind of like saddle you up to be almost romancing Yukari, but I hate Yukari a lot. So I would almost always like romance Mitsuru or or Fuka. Right, so then you play as you play as the um, the female, and then all of a sudden you can romance Akihiko, which is that badass boxing dude. And like, hell yeah, romance Akihiko. I love Akihiko. Anyway, that's, that's all I wanted <laughs> to say. You can romance him that's as the great. female. That's awesome. So, yeah, he's such a badass. Yeah, so I'm really yeah. I'm just like I'm I'm having a lot of fun like playing around and fusing personas and see what happens and i'm i'm getting i'm being such a nerd about it like trying to figure out all the stats and all the combinations and i now i want i'm, I'm pulling a pokemon i want to collect all the personas i'm only at 12 percent in like the persona compendium so there's a lot to go are you do you have persona for gold? yes i do i i have that yeah so i would say like don't go too heavy on the on the mixing the persona in three because you're gonna definitely want to do it in four. Oh really? Yeah. And it's it's lar- it's I think there are some new ones. I'm not certain. There's yeah, there's definitely a few new ones, but you, you probably wanna spend most of your time fusing and getting getting new persona in four. So I would say do do enough that you feel comfortable, but then definitely focus all your attention on four because I think especially portable wise, Persona Four Golden's more it feels more fleshed out because you can run around in towns and stuff and it's like graphically better but they're both really great games but sweet yeah 
you want to save you don't you don't want to get all worn out and then get the personal four gold and be like oh, I got to do all this fucking fusing again. That's true. I'll say That's save true. it for four because four you're definitely gonna want to put a lot of time. Okay, in. how many hours did you put into P three portable or P three? Um, I only played through it with the male protagonist because I never I never beat it, so I wanted to see the story from the male perspective. I never got around to going back as a female. I'll do that maybe one day <laughs> but um i nobody who's got time but like i probably put close to 50 hours and then persona 4 golden was 75 plus dude which is it's not bad if you're using if you're playing the vita like in transit in, like downtown oh no i put downtown. 40 hours into persona 4 golden and, and got stuck no and i lost all are you my serious data. what oh, happened yeah, that's right did you just like accidentally delete it or uh, it got corrupted no, I got a new I got a new Vita and uh I put I put the uh the save data on the Sony cloud storage and then when I went back to it on my Vita it was gone. Oh shit. Sorry man. Yeah. Yeah, I can't imagine going back and putting another forty hours from scratch. Yeah, um, honestly. As good as that game is, who's got the time? Anyway, P3 Portable, that's been eating up my time. And then uh, last week, there's a new RPG that came out by, uh, what's it called? Hold on, let me, uh, by Mighty Rabbit Studios called Saturday Morning RPG. This game is sort of old. Um, it came out really recently for the PS4 and the Vita. Uh, originally, it came out on the iOS in uh, April 2012. And it's just, it's basically this giant love letter to both JRPGs and 80s and 90s Saturday morning cartoons. And I'm really enjoying it. This is beginning rave reviews. Um, I got it for the PS4. I might get it for the Vita. Unfortunately, it, it weird. The, there wasn't a cross-buy function to get both. So I'm kind of f- confused why that happened, but... Not all games support it, even though they should. Yeah, it's kind of sad. So some some games don't don't let you have cross buy. Uh, I don't know why it makes no sense. I don't know, but I think cross buys. I I mean, I guess because they feel that the Vita is a failed system. No, but like, then they still they still release. Isn't it? Is it available? Very, it is. Minor. It is available in the Vita. Yeah. Yeah, so it doesn't make sense if you're going to put a port out anyway and not make a cross buy. Yeah, I guess and, that's true. And the game definitely feels like it should be played on the Vita. I mean, sadly, the Vita is like almost gone now. Yeah. It's basically on its last legs. There's not much coming out for it, but yeah, there's a lot of good like games that are out for it now, and a lot of good classics from PS One and PSP that you could play on it today. And all the indie titles and JRPGs, which is basically like the sole reason I bought it. And no, no, no regrets. I love it. But um, for Saturday morning RPG. It's really quirky. It's a great soundtrack. Um, they got they they played around with the JRPG mechanics in really unique ways. So, at the start of every battle, you have specific buffs, and how these buffs work. You have you have a trapper keeper that's given to you by a wizard, and you can go around the w- the wizard. I'm sorry. The the wizard, the wizard. Right? The wizard. Yeah, and the wizard has a power glove. And it's awesome. Yes. From um, the movie, The Wizard. So good. So you have a Trapper Keeper, and you could go around the world collecting scratch and sniff stickers. And at the start of every battle, you got to like rotate the analog stick, and it'll scratch the stickers, and it gives you power-ups like more health or more d- damage or more defense. And the battle system is pretty interesting. It's like the only turn-based rpg combat system where it has like active blocking so what you can do is you when you attack you can choose between like magic special attacks and melee attacks and for the magic and melee attacks you have to do like a mini mini slider mini game to to see how much damage you deal and when you're defending you you have to time it. You just press X right before the enemy's attack lands, and depending on if you do it too early or too late, or the amount of damage that's go through is affected. So I've never seen that before in an RPG. I thought it was really creative. This is a great great game. The story is really awesome. It's super cheesy. 
It's a callback to all your classic Saturday morning cartoons, so like G.I. Joe and He-Man. And um, it's also split up episodically. So right now, there's currently four episodes out. So I'm, I'm really early on in the game, but I'm having a really good time playing it. And the other thing I want to mention is that Mighty Rabbit Studios, they have a, I guess like a spinoff company called Limited Run Games. This company is a publisher of limited run physical copy games. So their core mission is they're acting as a sentinel against the whole digitizing of the video game market. They're very adamant on always having an outlet and an audience and a fan base for people who prefer physical copies of games for their, for their games that they release. So our Saturday morning RPG released this way, as well as their other title called um, breach and clear, which is a tactical like ride squad game. So they basically print out a limited, a limited amount of copies of each game um, either for PlayStation 4 or Vita, and sometimes they do a bundle with the soundtrack. And they did, they did this with Saturday Morning RPG. So basically, there's only 1,980 copies of these games ever in the world. Give it like 10 or 15 years from now, they're going to become like really, really valuable. Um, so I thought that was a really interesting um, marketing and distribution program. If, you're, if you want a physical copy... It's all sold out. Sorry, guys, but you can still get it on Vita and PS4 uh, digitally for ten dollars. So it's not bad at all. Uh, but yeah, so check it out. Pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess I'll go next and stands as a secret. A little bit of secret. You look so smug guys. right now. Little, <laughs> you look so happy. A little secret treat for you. Anyway, guys. Uh, my topic's not going to be long since both of you haven't watched. DC Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah. I only saw the pilot. But That's it. When will I ever see it, man? We've right got- now they're on episode three, and like, uh, the show is pretty good. It's like really good, and uh, I'm liking where they're going. And uh, my only thing is, their enemy is Vandal Savage, and in the ongoing uh, Superman book, his like villain is Vandal Savage. So it's like, well, Superman can't fucking beat him. How are these, this team of scrubs going to do it? Well, Superman has been depowered until, like, this past week's issue. Doesn't he also have, like, kryptonite cancer or some shit? Um, I think he's better now. I think he got better as of issue 49. I don't know. I'm not following Superman. I would love to follow Superman, but they keep giving, putting him in fucking crossovers that force you to buy all his books. I hate that shit. Can't do that. Let's not get on that subject, though. Let's not. But, um, yeah, so I'm just very curious on how this team is going to take down Vandal Savage. What is the premise for Legends of Tomorrow? It's basically Quantum Leap with, like, Justice League characters, but not Justice League. Like, so, yeah. so it has, um, White Canary, um, Hulk Girl, Hawkman, Captain Cold, Heat Wave, uh, The Atom, the Atom. Firestorm. And that's it. Yeah, and then Arrow and, shows up in the Rip. first episode. And I feel like Flash will, sh- will show up eventually. And who? Rip. That's the dude that like takes them through this. Oh, story. I thought you said Rick. I was like, no, oh, Rick. fucking R. Rick R. from <laughs> Walking Dead is in the Legends of Tomorrow. Also, also uh, they revealed that like... Um, Carl, that Steven, I need to go to the future. They, they revealed that Stephen Amell is actually going to appear on the show. Uh-huh. And that he's going to be like the goateed green arrow missing an arm. Nice. Yeah, so like from, so he's gonna be future Gohan, like Dark Knight Returns, Green Green Arrow. Yeah, Dark Knight Returns, Green Arrow. So yes, future Gohan, Green Arrow. Speaking what of DC TV, did you guys mention that Supergirl and the Flash are gonna? Oh shit, that's for News Flash. Sorry did not guys, that. yeah, that was- a future episode of Supergirl is gonna have Barry Allen on it. Do you remember that episode of like the oh, the yeah. Superman animated, animated adventures where like Flash and Superman race each other? Oh, so yes. good! Yeah, that'd be great if they if they raced in Supergirl. And then Flash revealed that like he held back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, go on. 
Uh, yeah, it's just a really good show. I recommend it if you're into Arrow or Flash or both. It, it's really good. Don't it, they go to different Yeah, they do. Lines. Yep. It gives you a nice perspective of, like, these superheroes. And, like, these, especially, they're all, like, D-list superheroes. Why, why, are, why do they need a time hop again? They need a time hop to, uh, because in Rip's future... Vandal Savage destroys the world. Like, he conquers the world. Mm. So Rip's whole uh, objective is to go in the past and stop it. The problem is, he said that you can't return to the same time twice. Or else it, like, distorts whatever the timeline. So So it's like Doctor Who rules? Kind of. So he's already went to assassinate uh, Vandal before he got his powers. And he hesitated to kill Vandal, so he fucked up, mm. and now they can't go to that time and kill him. Mm. So, they have so now they have to figure out other means to kill him. So that involves going to different times. Exactly. Like yeah. The first episode they did, um, they went back to the 70s, and uh, <laughs> it was pretty cool. I always seen the pilot, but it was pretty interesting. They went back to the 70s well, to figure out like the first clue of how to find Savage. Yeah, episode two uh, is called Pilot Part Two. So it's the second half of the pilot episode. And all I can say is one of the main characters dies. Oh. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it threw me the fuck off. How many episodes are there? So, so far, far three. three. So in episode three, uh, everyone's kind of off doing their own thing. And they kind of realize that they need to work together as a team to beat Vandal. And episode four, they're going to the 80s. Mm. Is is Flash and Arrow on break now? Or are no. They, they're, all, they're all going nope, at the same time? they're all going at the same time. Who got time? Nobody. Who got time for all of that? Well, when you're, when you're ripping, you can jump into different futures. I wish I had that power. Because you got Supergirl. You got Arrow. You got Legends of Tomorrow. You got I still Flash. haven't watched an episode of Supergirl. I know. I need to go back and watch Supergirl. I'm, I've been meaning to, but I just there's like t- so many things I need to watch right now that it's just and there's no time. Anyway, that's pretty much it for my uh, for my topic. I want Constantine to join. The Hell Legends yeah! Uh, I wanted. I that. want Constantine the show to come back. Why did they cancel it? Nah, just bring the character. Uh, they canceled it because wasn't it on a different channel? It was on like NBC. NBC. Yeah, they should bring the that's CW. Why. But Supergirl's on CBS. But CBS owns the CW. Mm-hmm. Also, which Martian Manhunter has been on. Which is why too. they're allowed to do uh, crossovers. Because mm. the CW is owned by CBS. Martian Manhunter. And CW stands for CBS and Warner Brothers. Martian Manhunter. Though. Indeed. Martian he, Manhunter. He John. On, he be on Supergirl. John Johns. John Johns. John, John Jones. John Jones. He, John Jones. His only weakness is, is fire. Heat. My weakness is fire, too. It's all of our weaknesses. <laughs> John is more but like But he's a... very upset about fire. <laughs> For someone who comes from the hottest fucking planet in the world, like, well, not the hottest, but one of the hottest planets, you would think he'd be immune. Uh, he, he he mad upset about the sun, right? We don't talk about it. Anyway, go on to your topic, Stan. All right, guys. Let me... Mystery topic. Hold All on, right, one second. All right, so now you guys have heard and we've spoken before about Junji Ito. Junji right? Ito. Yes. Master of Horror. Um supposedly was collaborating with Guillermo del Toro and Hideo Kojima on Silent Hills. Um, I don't know if you ever read any of his work, Andy. I have not. You, Chris? Um, I flipped through Spiral. Um, I didn't have enough money on me, but like I was pouring through the art, and it's disturbing and amazing and godly. Yeah, so Junji Ito's done, done Uzumaki. He's done um, Gyo, G-Y-O, however you pronounce that. Um, his art's really fucked up. His, his stories are really scary. Um, he's he's the master of horror in Japan. Really good stuff. So today, I have one of the works of Junji Ito, which I think you guys will like a lot. 
Junji Ito's Cat Diary. <laughs> um, Junji Ito's Cat Diary, Yanemu from the creator of Uzumaki. I saw this the other day at Barnes Noble and I had to buy it because it is basically a story about Junji Ito, his wife, and their desire their desire to, to own cats. They decide to own a couple cats. Well, it's actually his wife's idea, and he's really against the idea at first. And the whole manga is basically his interactions with these cats and his having to get used to being a cat owner after never owning a cat before. Is there like a horror That's element? So like the his cats wife, like start growing mandibles or something like that? His wife doesn't have pupils. It's completely common. Oh, really? So it, it's not horror at all. It's it's a it's a comedy book. Um, but when you flip through it, the art style, you can tell that like he does take it from like like horror art style. Yeah. So like there's a picture of him here with like fang teeth. Yeah. So the thing the thing is is that Junji Ito is so good at drawing really fucked up things that he does the cat diary in such a way that he uses his horror skills to comedic effect. Like funny reactions that would be like com- totally terrifying in any other context becomes really funny in in the cat diary, and um, he's really good at drawing cats. <laughs> um, he he, he can make awesome. a cat look really cute. Like, um, give me a sec. So the first cat that they get, his name is Yan, and Junji, um, who, who goes by Jaekun in the in the story, as his wife calls him that. Um, he's really afraid of the cat because he says the cat's got a cursed face and he, <laughs> he draws the cat before he becomes like very acquainted with the cat. He draws the cat like very creepy. And whenever you look at the cat, it just has this really disturbed face <laughs> and they get another cat, which is a little, little kitten named, named Moo, M-U. And he, he goes, he, this, the story starts that he, he's more of a dog person and his wife who is really a cat person and she convinces or rather insists that they get a couple of cats and it just it's really funny it's it's about his life and his his just becoming a cat owner and the adjustment period that that takes and it's really funny because he draws his his wife without any pupils and she's always got this like really demonic look on her face and and the cats are like one cat looks really cute, and then Jan looks really creepy at first before he gets to know the cat. And and for, it's funny because the cat has these markings on its back that makes it look like a skull. So the whole setup <laughs> is like, oh my god, you know, right on Yu's back, a skull marking. And the first time he meets Jan, it's it's like in its cage, and it comes out and it like slithers out of the cage, almost like um like a snake, and it's got these really these creepy dead eyes. But it's like it's really played up for like comedy. So it's it's really interesting how Junji Ito can do something really scary with his art and you really buy it and it makes Uzumaki and Gyo really frightening. And then he does the same thing in this cat diary and because it's like this mundane thing, <laughs> it becomes really funny because it's really like his reaction to the cat with the with the cursed face and and he gets he it's just really it's funny because he gets really cutesy with these cats but his face turns like really fucked up looking like he's like so excited about having this cat but it just it's just juxtaposed with these really creepy images is just these really humorous moments and it you get you get there's some like actual like pictures of the cats in the real world like they actually took pictures oh, really? of the cats and they put it they put it in the book so you get you get to see what the cats actually look like and and yon actually looks like he's got a skull <laughs> on his back and it's just, it's funny and it, it reminds me a little bit of Stephen King's book on writing because it's about his his writing, but it, it also gives you a little bit of an idea of what he's like at home and like his his story. And this is mostly about Junji Ito's cats and his wife, but you get a little bit of of his his story, and you can see like a lot of the story he's he's sort of he's writing his horror manga he's like drawing the art but then he's like interacting with his cats at the same time so it's it's broken up into short chapters where there are like little anecdotes about him and his cats and it's actually it, it's it's funny the art's really good because it's junji ito it's something you wouldn't expect him to do but it it, it works really well in this case and it, it actually it's really heartwarming 
and there's like a lot of funny funny situations that he gets into with these cats like he he goes to tokyo because the the people that he work he does the manga for like put him up in this nice hotel in tokyo and he he sends a picture to his wife of his nice hotel room to make her jealous and he's he's like he's like enjoying himself with a glass of wine and a hot shower and he's like oh i bet my wife is so jealous and his wife basically texts him back a picture of moo like in his dirty laundry like missing him and then he gets so upset that he left the cat behind <laughs> and he's just like oh moo i'm so sorry i'm living it up without you <laughs> meanwhile he doesn't he's like his wife he wants his wife to be jealous but he can't bear the idea of his cats like not being there so it's it's funny to see him go from like being not at all like wanting cats to have being like really in love with these cats and like seeing this progression and then it ends up kind of being oh i don't want to give too much away but it's it's very heartwarming and you're definitely going to feel for these cats by the end even if you aren't a cat person and it's just it's just a funny story and there's like so many funny moment, moments like he he draws <laughs> he draws his cat yun like sleeping on his chair but he, he and he's just like the cat looks so weird when it sleeps and it's just <laughs> it's just it's just it's so good uh, you so guys cool. you listen to this you listen if you're listening Sorry, I'm like jumping around with my voice, but if you're listening, it's a really it's a really good manga. It's really short. It was only ten bucks. Wait, but ten bucks? Are you I serious? I think it's really worth it. Dude, yeah, it's, it's ten bucks. It's, it's the whole it's the whole comic. In between each um, little section, there's a little Q and A, so you get to learn more about Junji Ito and his like home life. And so it's it, you learn a little bit about him and his his cats, and it's it's something you wouldn't expect. I was really kind of like browsing the, the manga section of Barnes and Noble and I was like, oh maybe I'll get Uzumaki. Oh maybe I'll get Gyo and it was like cat diary. <laughs> it was like I need to fucking read this. And it's, it's definitely uh, how it. how definitely new or how old is it? Um good question. Let me see. 2013? That could be That's the a... no. oh, maybe earlier. Let me let me see. Sorry. I think it was originally done in 2009, but the English translation is 2015. So the English trans- translation is fairly new, but it was originally done a few years ago. Um, there's some anecdotal stuff. There's some extra stuff at the end. You get um, you get um, an extra sto- little story by by Junji, and you get a letter from his his wife, and you get a couple supplemental comics, sort of updating you on the story of his two cats and kind of their life post the story of the comic. So it's good. You it's, it's nice and it's cute and it's funny and it's, it's definitely worth a read. Even if you haven't read well, his really other work, want to read this, yeah, so. even if you haven't read any of his other work, this is definitely worth it. I think it's a, it's a quick read. I, I literally read the entire thing in one train ride, but I think it's worth it. It's, it's funny. It's good. Juji Ito is the man. Um, I posted something. I uh, posted a Pokemon article a couple days ago. I kind of don't remember what it was, but literally the, the the only reason why I shared the post on our Facebook group is because it showed Junji Ito's um, depiction of Gengar, and I love I love this piece so much, and I want it on my wall. Yeah, Junji Ito, man, he's he's a great artist, and he he can tell a hell of a story. And so, like, if you want any more proof of that, you just read his fucking cat diary because it's if he if he can tell a story about a couple of cats, then you can tell he's a good writer and he's a good artist. Because I lo- I love his cats, <laughs> <laughs> like his cats are great, and they remind me of my cats a little bit. So you should get another cat and name it Junji or Ito. <laughs> <laughs> or Uzumaki, one of those names. Or Kyo. It'd be great. Um, but yeah, thanks. To, dude, Stan, I'm so excited for this comic. I really want to get it now. Yeah, Chris, you should totally read it. I, I think, you know, like I said, you don't have to have read any of his other work. You just, all you need to know going in is that he's he's he makes his money doing horror stuff. I kind of want to read one of, like, some of his other works before I read this, just so that I can get that extra creepy feel when i read this <laughs> it's um who's the um they release complete editions of both uzumaki and Gyo, and you can get them like the entire it's a nice hardcover i was gonna buy those and i just saw the cat diary and i just fucking could not i could not pass up the cat diary man i just want to see what it was about and it, it did not disappoint so definitely definitely check that out i should definitely i'm definitely gonna check it out 
Check yeah, out his here, work. Fucking read it. I, I finished it. Go ahead, read it. <laughs> also, um, a fun fact. I think Stan, you were asking about this some time ago, but um, for fans of Juji Ito out there, if you don't know this already, um, Gyo was adapted into a OVA anime back in uh, February 2012, and it's only yeah, it's it's like 71 minute anime. So it's not like a full-fledged uh, series, but if you want more Juji Ito, um, you have plenty of stuff to get. You know, you have The Cat Diaries, Uzumaki, Gyo, and this anime adaptation. And I feel like they've made some movies based on his work, too. Like, I I really want to watch some something, like some adaptation of his work, so I might well, check Well, there's actually out. a movie adaptation of Uzumaki. Yeah, I know. And and for the deluxe edition for Gyo, it's... Only like fifteen bucks, yeah. and Uzumaki is only seventeen. Definitely check those out too. If you, he's really good at horror, man. Like, his shit's fucked up, man. So it's really funny to see him do something about cats, like so mundane and normal, as being a cat owner. Yeah. So I'm looking at Wikipedia. There's a there's been a lot of films adapted from his works. Um, there's a Tomie. Tomei, Another Face, Tomei Replay, Uzumaki was made to a film, like we said before, Grave Marker Town, The Face Burglar, The Hanging Balloons, Long Dream, Oshikiri, Kakashi, Lovesick Dead, uh, Tomie Rebirth, Tomie The Final Chapter, Forbidden Fruit, uh, Maronier, uh, The Groaning Drain, and four more Tomie movies: Beginning, Revenge, Tomie versus Tomie, and Tomie Unlimited. Uh, and then, like I said before, there's only one anime adaptation, which is Gyo, in 2012. I love that he can make such like screwed up stuff and then have a, like a regular, a really normal life. And you get you really get a sense of that in in the Cat Diary. He's just a normal guy with a wife and like two cats, and it's. It's interesting that somebody would just have a normal life after making all those really fucked up comics. Yeah, you would think it would be someone who has like a more like mythic, crazy, disturbed, off kilter past. But no, he's just like a regular guy who just likes horror, which is great. And cats. cats. I wonder if he ever like gave himself nightmares based on like while writing any of his crazy shit. I know like some artists are inspired by nightmares, like Jonah Vasquez, the creator of. Invader Zim and uh, Johnny the Homicidal Maniac and Squee. He suffers from night terrors, and that's where a lot, where that's where he gets a lot of his inspirations and for his art. Hmm. Interesting. But yeah, that was my that was my pick for the week, dude. That was an awesome plug. Thanks, man. No problem. Well, I guess we're pretty much done for this week's episode. Yeah. Uh, episode fifty. Fifty. 50. Happy 50 to us. You guys, if you haven't already checked it out, I highly recommend you check out our sister podcast, Anime is Weird, because it is. It is weird. We talk about Marvel Disc Wars The Avengers, and it's amazing. It's a lot of fun. And episode two comes out next month. Yeah. Hell yeah. Episode two, Codebreaker, first Friday of March. And it's also on the same feed as Super Nerd Pal, so you don't have to subscribe to anything new. And it, it con- there's a new episode of Anime is Weird every first Friday of the month. So you don't have to do anything extra. Just subscribe to Super Nerd Pals. You get two podcasts for the price of one, which is free. So two, so, so two podcasts for the price of none. Basically what we're saying is subscribe, all right? Please. Thanks. Subscribe, rate, and share. Comment, you know. Tell your friends. Tell, tell your friends. Share the weird. Share the weird. The anime is weird. <laughs> the podcast is weird. We're all weird. Anyway, thank you guys for listening. You can catch Stan on Twitter. At Stan Doom. And you can get Chris on Twitter. At At KYO Ninja for Hire. You can get me on Twitter. At Sweet Justice One. O-N-E. O-N-E. And if you want more Super Nerd Pals content, like Chris's new blog, anime blog, that's supernerdpals.com. And if you want to talk to us during the week, not only can you talk to us on our Twitter accounts, but you can get 
on the internet and go to facebook.com slash group slash super nerd pals super active group mostly chris but lots of a really good i don't know what the hell to say anymore well if you're too lazy to type <laughs> that shit in facebook.com slash group slash super nerd pal whatever the fuck listen i'm tired you right? can go to our website supernerdpals.com and it will direct you to our group and all of our work indeed we have fancy widgets for everything so the website has portals to all of our twitter facebook youtube instagram what have you it's all there we are portals three yeah (laughs) awesome guys happy 50 supernerdpals 50 50 Thank you guys for listening. Catch us back in episode 51, which is not so special than 50. But 52 is coming up. 52. Come on. 50 is super special. Oh, 52. 52 is the one. The new 52. 50. The 5-0. Perfect. (laughs) Tiger. Thanks for listening, guys. Laters. Catch you next week. takes all It's the thrill of one more kill The last one to fall Who never sacrificed a